Welcome back to Memory Jogger on the Rediscover the 80s podcast. We are back in. We thank you for listening to us, as always. You've got contestant number one over here. This is Jason. I'm ready to come on down. And contestant number two is ready to press his luck and hopefully avoid the whammy. That is Wyatt. How are you, sir? Good, but I seem to always hit the whammies. And as you as the contestant and press is right, you would get up there far more often than I would ever. At least you were better yeah, at prices. Probably just because I watched so much of it that uh, well, I, I memorized. I, <laughs> I think we said this in the memory jogger too. I was so bad at it. You know, it says manufacturers suggest a retail price. Not what we see in the grocery store. But I would still see what was in the grocery store price and not, you know, the 50 cent markup or the California <laughs> 50 cent markup. So right, I was faulted right. on. I see it at Walmart or Kmart for two dollars, five dollars. So uh, yeah, that was yeah. My Kmart pricing and learning. <laughs> Kmart did not list their uh, prices according to, to what was on Price Right. That's for sure. Okay, well we are back and uh, once again ready to jog our memories and run down a few childhood dreams from the '80s and even early '90s. We appreciate everyone for subscribing and listening to the show on your favorite podcast app, which now includes iHeartRadio. And a humble thank you to everyone who watches this over there on the YouTube as we fumble and and even give you a little extra content before and after the show. So we thank you for uh, watching us over there. Well, as I hinted at there, Wyatt, tonight is episode 13, and we will be talking about our game show memories. Yes, and I think we one. need to take a small commercial break because I forgot to grab something for this show. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. You can talk <laughs> okay. amongst yourselves. I will. I'll, I'll be the Rod Roddy for a minute. Just a quick reminder, you can interact with us by finding our show notes over there on rediscoverthe80s.com. And then you can also talk to us, uh, or at least uh, type to us uh, over there on the Twitter I am RD80s, Wyatt is Infamous WB, and uh, would love to have your feedback. I actually posed a question tonight to the Twitter on uh, what is your favorite game show you remember as a kid. Uh, Getting a couple uh, entries here that we'll get to, but right now, uh, let's go into a little icebreaker I I found, I believe, uh, two days ago. I'm not sure if you saw this, Wyatt. Blockbuster is now... I, I, this was surprising that there were still stores open, but Blockbuster yeah. is now down to one store in Bend, Oregon, after two of their stores, the, the I guess the uh, next-to-last stores, you would say, closed in Alaska. So there is one lone Blockbuster. I saw a couple uh, tweets about people maybe going on a pilgrimage to the last store. <laughs> that that, you know, that flabbergasts me that there is still a blockbuster. I thought they actually were done. I think they tried to do that red box kind of wannabe for a little bit. And then I, I saw that fade out. So I thought they were pretty much done. Yeah, we did back when we first started doing Netflix blockbuster also did the, uh, the like, through the mail rentals and you could order online and you could actually return them to the store, 
which was uh, interesting. And then you could, uh, I forget how the whole thing worked, but you re- instead of mailing it back, you returned it to the store and then you can get, you know, one back quicker right? than uh, waiting on Netflix. So it was a good idea, but obviously it wasn't enough to, <laughs> to keep them in business. Uh, I, okay, so I was just home, uh, home being uh, Clearfield, Pennsylvania. And as I was driving to Clearfield, I go through Phillipsburg, Pennsylvania, and there is still a video store there. That one, as you're coming out of town on the left, as you're going towards Clearfield, you know where I'm talking about, Wyatt? Yeah. It's still there. They had the posters up in the windows, and uh, I think our our silver screen video is still there, isn't it? They are still there, and uh, coincidentally enough, our GPS on occasion takes us through a, a brisk tour of tyrone and mm-hmm. there's a second silver screen video sitting down there too and it's still open so at least in okay. central pennsylvania the dvd stores video stores are still alive and kicking i don't know if they're like borrowing money every five minutes but <laughs> hey they're still there yeah that's true you know we i don't know it's somewhat out in the country you know around those places and there's not a Huge city around, uh, you know, you have to drive 45 minutes to Altoona or State College, Johnstown. Those are the big, like, cities, I would say, around where uh, we grew up. But, uh, yeah, you know, I I saw that headline for Blockbuster, and I was like, hmm, there's still that one uh, in our town and over in Phillipsburg, and there's still, the little mom and pops are still kicking. They are. I don't know how, for how long, the, but well, maybe that's the key. Is they are the one-offs. They have probably bought, not leased, a building, so they don't have that overhead of paying, you know, ten thousand yeah. dollars a month for a freaking lease or whatever the charge is. Mm-hmm. I I say that because I asked that question uh, many years ago when our blockbuster in New Jersey crapped out. I was looking for another reason and. When I looked, they said $10,000 for that store. I'm like, a, a month or a year? No, the month. Yikes. No wonder they went under real quick. Jeez, I don't know how they pay the bill. I don't know how the grocery stores stay open. <laughs> well, maybe that's why our yeah. grocery bills are so high, you know? <laughs> yeah, you uh, eat a lot more food than uh, watch movies, you know? Well, true. Anyway, well, I thought that was a, a fun little story. As, uh, I don't know, our childhood uh, store seemed to be uh, going defunct by the month uh, with Toys R Us out of out of business now, you know. I've been threatening, uh, every time we drive past the, uh, the store here in town, I've been threatening to uh, climb up there and, and pull down one of the signs. <laughs> Put up on that wall back there. But, uh, I think you need a little always, bit bigger. No, wall. you're not, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. Well, there's this one of Jeffrey right above the entrance that's nice and square. It's a picture of him, and then it says, like, enter here or something. I thought that would be, you know, you know reasonable. But coincidentally I, I, enough, a great segue uh, into an icebreaker for me that I just saw on, on my Facebook page, and that uh-huh. is there's someone that has already done, like, grab the mascots, and they're selling them out on the local – Yard sale page. Oh, really? Maryland. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like they're the costumes? Already, they're already selling Jeffrey. <laughs> and somebody's going to pay some big bucks to uh, to dress up like oh. Jeffrey. I tell you what. 
Uh, and then one more little thing I came across my feed just today. It was posted. Oh, uh, let's see when it was posted. Uh, I don't see a date. It's over there on the Retroist. Uh, have you seen those videos of people who like hotwire old computers and floppy drives and make them play songs? Yeah, I, it's been a long time, but I've I've seen one. I think one did a was it the Pac Man theme or maybe Super Mario? It's been so yeah, it's been so long. I don't remember too much. They've done uh, they've done several like TV shows. They've done songs. I think I've seen one that was like Toto's Africa, and uh, this one I think you'll enjoy. I'm going to put my phone up to the microphone here, so see if you can uh, make this one out. So there's the uh, Airwolf theme. You can't hear that very well. That was out of uh, several, several floppy disk drives. <laughs> well, when it first kicked off, I'm thinking maybe they include the blades, like is on the theme. But as well, no, it's. Uh, <laughs> I thought you would uh, do that. Played on a system of eight hard disks with 64 floppy drives and two scanners. <laughs> it's just a just a one minute theme. Nice. There you go. So uh, you're saying about classic old machines? Um, uh-huh. I came across a Twitter feed not too long ago. A guy added Wi-Fi to his old Texas Instruments old 84, the TI 994A that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, via a Raspberry Pi. So okay. it's actually it's interfaced, and it it runs on Wi-Fi. I don't know what the baud rate would be for you know that. <laughs> I think I think if I remember right, the baud rate for the those were maybe forty eight hundred back in its heyday, and that was still when you had the old phone. You put it on the old receiver style right. modem. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that's some uh, jerry rigging right there. <laughs> exactly. That's what that was. But hey, it runs. Yeah, mine still runs. I just haven't run it for, I guess, quite a while. Yeah, About ten years at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, <laughs> it might be time to fire it up again just to uh, make sure you can to. say it still runs. <laughs> I need to. I miss that. As old as it is, I miss that beast. And my son. I got him into my Nintendo, the you know the retro game that I bought you too, the ten dollar cheapie. Yeah, he's been all over Mario, Mario three. Julie bought a Mario three cart. I said, "Well, so, well, Jason just inherited a Mario 3. Um <laughs> Jason still has mine. That's why I say that Jason still has mine, which is now his. I, now. Do. I don't need. To. <laughs> Thank you. Um, very, very nice. But he's falling in love with Kirby. Sonic was the big news for like a year. Everything Sonic. This guy was obsessed with Sonic. And then all of a sudden he started playing Kirby. Just out of the blue. I said, try this. Okay. He's in love with Kirby. Now he wants everything Kirby. He wants to find dolls or whatever. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah, really. You need to uh you need to get the new uh the new Nintendo and play or uh, I think it's the Wii U. It has uh, Super Smash Bros. Have you seen that where they have like all the different characters and they fight each other? Well, he watches those YouTube videos of dudes playing the game 
and uh-huh. he just, he's all he knows King DDD and all these other characters. Like, <laughs> heck are all these guys? Then I'm watching it with him, like, dude, you know more about Kirby than I did. I I didn't even know about Kirby. I did. I had that game. I have no idea where it came from, and I never played it. All those years I've had it, it basically was either it was used, or maybe I got one somehow from our mutual friend. But I mm-hmm. never played the thing. To me, it looked funky, and I never liked it, so I just never played it. Ignorance, but I didn't play it. So he's the first one that's yeah. ever played it. Oh, well. I think the only time I ever played Kirby was on a Game Boy, and I can't remember who had it. But uh, <laughs> I I just went out uh, and bought a mini Nintendo, the Nintendo Mini, I guess they call it, but uh, direct from China. Oh, nice. And it, it's got 500 games preloaded. Uh, nice. Now, I what they call the game and what the game actually is is <laughs> two different things. And there might be some games out there that I just never thought existed, but they'll have like Super Mario Brothers 6. And I'm like, they made 6? Uh, are you counting the ones that were like on Super Nintendo and... GameCube and all, you right. know all those, uh, but most of them are legit, like NES games. Uh, there's some in there that I have never seen before in my life. They might have been just released in Japan or China, or you know, they have the whole what is it, the Famicom? I think was the original name of Nintendo. But oh, anyway, we're, we're going off the uh, the topic here. But uh, I've I've been I played uh, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I can't remember the tagline. It's like this number two or number three. It's based on like the arcade where you had all four of them that you could uh, go around and kick butt. But I was playing some of that the other day and I found it's got some Mega Man on there. It's been a while since I played some Mega Man and all of the Mario Brothers and all that is on there too. They had Galaga. I played a little Galaga. So they have some like... Uh, I think that was poured into the Nintendo, but I don't know. They have like Pac-Man and stuff too, which I don't remember Pac-Man being on Nintendo. But anyway, a uh, little bunny trail there, but I'm <laughs> uh, I'm I'm enjoying that. It was only like thirteen bucks, <laughs> so I, I went for it. Anyway, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get on to the main topic of the show, and that is game shows. I just I wrote down a few questions here just to kind of ask ourselves, maybe uh, jog the old memory. But uh, when do you, I, I guess, first remember watching game shows? Is there anybody like in your family that you picked up on that were watching shows or anything like that? No, uh, I think it really started probably in our, it probably have to be in our early teens in that era when we really got interested, I guess, or exposed to it, especially on sick days or in summer. And it did start with the price is right. That was one of the first ones I remember watching, but then, you know, you're especially on summers, you really get into channel flipping and there's Mm -hmm. multiple channels and they all had their, you know, each, each network, which was only three, six and 10, they had their take on it. So they had, you know, we had Prices Right for CBS. I can't remember who did Classic Concentration, but we had that. We had NBC. Scrabble mm-hmm. and and all those. And I'm like, man, I just, and it started really getting, 
um, overwhelmed, but in a good way. I loved watching. I got into the, all those shows. How about you? What was it that grabbed you or what sucked you in? Was it a family member or was it just uh, flipping channels and there it is? It was definitely my dad. And uh, to this day, his uh, favorite game show is The Price is Right. And he watches it every day. And he uh, then he eats his lunch and takes a nap. Uh, <laughs> and we experienced that firsthand as we were home and having to, uh, you know, create our travel plans and stuff that we were doing around being him being able to watch his prices right in the morning. <laughs> he loves that show. And I do remember vividly as a kid, him getting into that show. Now, you know, granted there was, that was on uh, days when he was home or whatever, but he would, he would tell me about it. And I think that's probably the first one that really, uh, uh, kind of sucked me in as far as specific memories go. I have one memory that's etched in my brain will be until I die. And that is, uh, I got my tonsils out, I believe in 1984, which I would have been, uh, eight years old. And so I, uh, I go in, I have my, uh, stuffed animal dog named spot he came in with me into the room, you know, they knocked me out. And in the recovery room, after I come out and after I got my, you know, like regular room, I remember my parents showing up. I got a GI Joe figure. It was the, uh, the Cobra eel, the gray and black suit, the diver. I remember getting that figure. I remember eating ice cream or whatever, maybe one of those, uh, the uh, flavored ice, you know, you can get and watching pressure luck because I was out of school or whatever. It was, you know, in the morning time after the surgery had taken place and had my, my tonsils came out and I was sitting back and remember watching pressure luck and watching, you know, people tried to avoid the whammy and that memory between the prices right and pressure luck, those were probably the first two or the earliest ones that I can remember like watching. And I remember watching them, like you said, when you're home from school, when you're sick at home, you got nothing else to do. Your parents let you watch the TV, you turn on, you get a little bit of cartoons in the morning, then you got to sit through all of the, you know, whatever other morning programming and get to the game shows, which, yeah. you know, typically started around like what, 10 o'clock up to the uh, noon local news and all that stuff. So I do remember that. And I do remember later, like uh, in probably uh, teenage, even high school years, watching game shows during summer break. And there was a lot of game shows, like game show reruns on the cable channels, USA being the main one. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, I do remember watching a whole afternoon of game show reruns on USA Network. So that was uh, that was kind of my experience. And I put this question on there. I don't ever remember doing it myself. But do you ever remember playing like hooky from school to watch game shows or, you know, like daytime programming? Anything no, like that? I didn't. 
I honestly didn't play too much hooky. My my mom was pretty firm about that, mainly because about the time that just shortly after the divorce, my mom had to start, you know, finding work. So it was hard for her to let me stay home because then she would typically want to stay home to, to mm -hmm. tend to me. So I, I had the guilt trip of, I don't want mom to miss work. So I'm not going to play much hooky. I think I did maybe probably once or twice, probably when I was younger, but not to, not to get to watch a show or anything. It was probably more for, it was yeah. probably a test day or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get to take the test. <laughs> yeah, that's a much better reason, but or much more logical reason to play hooky yeah. than just to stay and watch game shows. But yeah, I oh man, I love the game shows, and it got to the point where, well, as we get into some of our favorites here, because we're going to have a lot that I know we both like, but the big one was The Price Is Right, and. <laughs> I don't know when it started. Do you remember exactly when we started doing this? Because it, I know it was during the summer because we were both home. It was during the summer. It had to have started. I think it started when I was 14, which grade that was. I don't know. But it was when that's the earliest memory I have. And it was because we were at, uh, I was living out in Frenchville now at my stepdad's. And mm -hmm. I had a TV in my room at the time. So that's how I could do it and not interfere with anybody. And I remember I had a phone line in my room at the time too. Uh, not my own line, but a phone, you know, one <laughs> right. or five, you know, and uh, heaven forbid someone needed to call anybody. But uh, <laughs> yeah, well, the, what he's alluding to is, and I remember this being in the, in my mom's apartment after they divorced over there across from the mall. So that had to have been around the 1990, 91 range, at least that's, that's my most vivid memory. When we would, we would pick up the phone and we would play along with prices, right? Oh, like yeah. The whole show. We'd be on the, the phone hour. for an hour. So, you know, we would guess along with the contestants trying to, get the uh the price to get up on stage and then we'd play along with whatever game was going on there and then when the uh, commercial said jason would also have his own phone wars i don't want to say too much about that because i actually have an episode of memory jogger planned <laughs> but we have alluded to it which is where he played murray had the little lamb constantly on it and then he figured okay. out one day he could push redial and it would go faster <laughs> that was hilarious, and I could never figure out the right tone. <laughs> yeah, the touchstone. Oh, I miss the touchstone phones. Good times, good times. But yeah, the Price is Right. Oh my gosh, you know, obviously it's been on forever. It's not an '80s show. I no, mean, it was not. on in the '80s, but it's been on for I don't know, 40 years, maybe. I, I can't remember uh, exactly when it started. Probably back, maybe in the '60s. I don't know when Bob Barker took over, but uh, obviously he was there forever. And uh, now with Drew Carey keeping it going, it's got to be the longest running game show of all time. What was some of your favorite games on The Price is Right? Well, I'm going to piggyback. Did you play hooky at any time? Because I don't think no, that's what question. I was saying. I, I kind of was saying I don't specifically remember doing that, but. I love me some uh, some pressure luck, so I, I, I don't know. I, I I can't I can't say I did. I can't say I didn't. 
<laughs> put it that way. I, I have no memory of intentionally doing that, but I, okay. I, I can't say it wasn't possible that I might have. That might have been one of the reasons I would have stayed home and played hooky. <laughs> well, to answer our second question before we move on, Price is Right started on ABC in 1956. Holy cow. Ran until 65. Then there was what looks like about a seven-year break before CBS picked it up. Then CBS picked it up in 72, and then it's still on. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Back in the 50s. Wow. Anyway, what was some of your favorite games on The Price is Right? So, as a kid, I thought this was the most annoying game. But when we got teenagers, when we became teenagers, I loved that old Yo Lady show or game, whatever it was. Yo Lady. Cliffhanger. It climbs up the freaking thing and it would drop. Cliffhangers. But Mm -hmm. it pissed me off because Bob pulled it for like a while. I think he pulled it like right after we graduated high school or something shortly after that. I don't remember when exactly it happened. Really? Yeah. It was not too long after we were out and I'm looking at it and watching it like for a week or something. And I'm like, where's the yodeler? We will have seen it by now. (laughs) And then it came, then drew brought it back because of really the other game I liked was, um, I have that somewhere. <laughs> I used to have it on my on my phone. I don't know if I still do or not. That used to uh, my my wife will kill me. But that used to be her ringtone. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I have it on this phone. <laughs> I can, I just can't imagine being in a setting and your phone ring <laughs> to that. <laughs> And you know, there's probably there's probably people around be going, oh, that's the guy, that's the price is right thing. <laughs> they probably know. <laughs> You're gonna make me look it up. I, I think I still have the sound effect somewhere. But anyway, so back to other games uh on prices right specifically. I, I have a fascination with the obnoxity that that is the 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 dice, that dice game where you you're, you're trying to roll the dice. How do you roll a pillow? I mean, really? So <laughs> they would just throw it. Yeah, yeah. The, um, the dice game that was to win a car too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You had to roll the uh, the correct numbers and put them in the right place. I think uh, that was a. I remember that one. One of my favorites was Plinko. I loved the Plinko oh, yeah. game. You know, dropping them in there and. Uh, I would. I think it, that would probably have been my first game I would have ran to if I, they like put them up all on stage and you could play one of them. I'd probably run to Plinko. <laughs> that was a fun one, and and I think that was one of the ones you could win the most amount of money. I think it was what five thousand in the very middle, and then they gave you like up to four or five of the little tokens, so you could win like twenty five thousand dollars. If you got them all in the 5,000, which was, you know, surrounded by the zeros. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people would play it safe. And then uh, every time, I don't know what it is. I was, I always thought there was like a trick to the board. You know, you you put it in one certain little area, it would go down, you know, close to the 5,000. If you moved it way out, you know, then it'd have more likely a, a chance to go in, you know, the lower amounts, which was kind of the safe route. But I don't know. Somebody would always like, oh, let me just play it safe. I'm going to put it over here. And there it goes down towards the bin. Oh, no, 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 no. Boom. Zero. You know, 
never seemed to work strategy on that. <laughs> what else? You remember any other games on there you enjoyed? Yes. My wife Very told me nice. because it was the Very first nice. ringtone I think I gave her back when I think I saw my LG flip. And she's like, what is this song? I said, I've been looking for a reason to use this. And I like the song. And I'm what the hell? You know, what the difference? You know, like, <laughs> so that's what I've been doing. I, that was like for a year. Yo, little, little. <laughs> oh, wife's calling. Wow. <laughs> Oh, I say that not too well. A few women ago, that doesn't sound right. Um, a few girlfriends ago, it was the Three Stooges, the Three Stooges theme, because she actually was one of the rare, rare ones that actually liked the Stooges. So, <laughs> um, the other game that I liked it was really at the end, it was the big wheel. That right, I love that big old wheel. And, and when they were when Bob was getting ready to retire. I remember you and I even having this kind of sidebar of, oh man, if they start selling off the stuff, you know, <laughs> I know you wanted Plinko. I wanted the freaking wheel. I have no idea where I put the thing, but, and you know, that'd probably be the highest bidder. It'd be a million dollar piece of you know, prize, <laughs> but still, I'm like, man, this would be cool to have to go into your garage and go, let's spin. Vroom. <laughs> and you gotta have that sound effect too. I don't know if that's like, uh, Programmed into that wheel, but that I don't do, think do, it was do, 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 programmed you know. at the time, like years ago, because <laughs> when it when it would not work, people in the mm -hmm. audience would go beep 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 beep. Yes, beep, I beep, do beep. remember that. Yes, <laughs> I remember that. And there was always like, uh, you know, God bless the prices, right? Because they had everybody from you know fresh out of high school to the grannies. Oh yeah. When the grannies would get up on stage and win something, they go to spin that wheel. You're like, oh, she's going down. There's no <laughs> way she's going to be able to spin that wheel. Or <laughs> you see people like, the thing, you know, right, right, right. and you got to get it all the way around one time for it to count. <laughs> and they would get up there and you see people like grabbing onto those little handles and lifting themselves up off of the ground to get it going. You know, yep. you know this is like, this needs to be in like a gym somewhere. <laughs> it's like a full body workout but um oh just the some of the people up there i'd be like yeah they're gonna fall down and hurt themselves and now i don't like it because when uh they're up there drew always you want to give a shout out to anybody you know so they'll spin the wheel they'll turn away and look to the camera oh i want to say hello to my mom and dad and little billy and johnny and my cousin rita and by the time they turn around, and they're done giving all the shout outs, like the wheel has stopped. And they're like, oh, I got 10 cents. You know, <laughs> yeah. they don't even pay attention anymore. <laughs> That's what I miss. Because you, you remember that you'd see the in anticipation or, or the anxiety on their faces like, oh, crap, it's going to be 95 and I got a dime. You know, you're right. <laughs> oh, I love the prices, right? I, I wonder. Uh, I haven't watched Drew much since then, but. I wonder if they've had any near misses since they asked the question, hey, do you want to say any hi to anybody? Or you wonder if someone's like, here's the wheel going, right? 
I want to say hi, 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 dog. <laughs> That's very possible. <laughs> Concussion on the wheel. Yeah. Oh, the wheel. And then uh, uh, some of the other ones I liked was the uh, the one where you punch the hull. Oh, I love that game. You get the uh, you get the amount out, and it was like I think it was up to ten thousand or something. Yeah. You could win, and you get out like five hundred bucks. You're like, oh no, this sucks. I want to go to the next. <laughs> I want to punch again, Bob. And you choose whatever number. You know, I think you chose them in advance or something. He would pull whatever out, and I thought I always thought that was a fun game. It was simple too, you know. Like on the prices right. I can think of one that drove me. The nuts. one I well, one of the ones I did not like was the race game. That was the one where you had this huge podium with a number and you had the little thing to pull down and it said zero, one, two, three, or four. And you had like the four price tags, and then you had to run and put them on the little pedestal in front of whatever prize it was and you throw up there real quick and come back and you hit the thing and it was like zero. Oh crap. And you got to run back and you got to switch the tags around and you come back and you got like two and then you go back. And I mean, it was like, I, if I ever got that game, I'd be like, just, I'll, I'll just go to the wheel. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be the first to spin. Wheel. I don't even want to play. <laughs> what one uh, annoyed you? The clock game when it was like 30 seconds. You have no freaking oh, time. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that, that's just not right. 400, just, lower, 300, higher, higher. Lower, higher, higher. <laughs> Crap, yeah. two seconds, come on. You know, I hated that game. That was one of those yeah. where annoyed. And they would just like go at the end, you know, trying to get to whatever the price was. Yeah, that one was kind of, that one would have been a difficult one to do. What would um, you think about the golfing one, the little putt-putt game? Oh, I wanted to play that one. I, w- I would be like, oh, I played putt-putt all the time. I could get it in. Come on, it's a car. Put it, it in. Seemed, it always seemed freaking difficult on that show. Yeah, they did. Well, there were some games that were just like real simple, and then the other ones, you had like no chance. The other one that if I would have got this game, I, I don't know. It, it was all luck. It's the Lucky 7 where they give you the oh, 7 yeah. bucks. And they give you the price of the car. You know, it's usually a one or whatever that started it out. But to only be able to miss each number by like one or two off and do five, di- it was like almost impossible, man. Mm-hmm. That one hardly ever, anybody ever won the the car. I do like now the one I did like was the three strikes, where you put the little baseball the thing in the baseball bag. Oh and you yeah, pulled out I'm, a I'm, number. Pulled out a number. Where does that one go? Okay, that one goes in the second position. I don't and know. Then, I, that yeah. was like a love hate for me because there were d- times where like, man, this you hear strike one, strike two. I'm like, dude, <laughs> right? You they pull them out like. I'd be one of those that would try to feel the paint on it. That feels like a strike. I'll go over to this right. half. Right. Yeah. You always had that strategy in your head. You know how you could like cheat the system. <laughs> Then there, was that, uh, then there was that one game where they they flip around like a little thing. So is it a, here's a toaster. Is it 30 or is it 75? You know, they'd flip the little door. And you'd have to figure oh, yeah. out which number it was yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that was what they used when they did Plinko. You had uh, 
the little oh, door. Yeah. Which one right. is it? Yeah. The plink around. That's how you won. Yeah. Right. That's that's how you got the token. Uh, on Plinko. Oh man. There, and there's just so much on prices right. We could probably spend a whole show on prices right. We might wanna <laughs> the, the other we thing might I wanna go ahead and move on. I meant to, look, uh, meant to look at Drew this last time before I left work. And all these days I've been off. I don't know if he still has the wicked mile long mic cable and the you know two foot high mic or if it's wireless now. It's wire it, he uses the long one, but it's wireless. At least from what I've seen, I, I haven't watched it much. But when when I have watched it, he uses the long one like Bob used to use, but it's it's cordless. <laughs> yeah, it always. So I, I like cool. yeah. Me and the sound. I love wired versus wireless. Believe it or not, I like the wired. That makes I know that there's cable going to that freaking mic. <laughs> you know? But it always baffled me. I was waiting for. I've been waiting for Bob to trip someone or himself all these years. Yeah, I don't know how he didn't. Anyway, <laughs> I always thought it was weird, you know, when they got the perfect bid and he had to reach in his pocket to get the hundred dollar bill out. Well, I I guess if it was if you were a girl, he would let you do it. I don't know. I don't know if he did it with the guys too, but yeah, I'd be like, uh, just give me the hundred bucks, Bob. I'm not reaching <laughs> in your pocket. <laughs> hey, at least it wasn't his back pocket. I'm just saying. Right. Sure. Sure. All right, let's go on to some other ones. What's another one that you remember watching? I didn't watch it too much, but I remember it and remember a lot of a lot of uh, Saturday Night Live and, and even in Living Color made spoofs of it, and that's the $100,000 pyramid. Yes. Now, that was a good one, yeah. Dick Clark. And it was an interesting game because it, uh, it was more or less like a word game, you know, and you're playing like charades, essentially, trying to get the other person to say the word. And then uh, that bonus round had to be intense because you got that stupid like clock ticking in the background, you know, and it's just you and that person in that little round, like red carpeted. (laughs) Uh, It's not not really a soundproof booth, but, you know, you're in that little bonus round there, which actually was round. And you got that tick tock tick. You're trying to get them to, you know, say the thing and flip the uh, the the card around. You know, I did watch. I always had some fun celebrities on there, like Betty White and uh, Nipsey Russell, and <laughs> oh yeah, just kind of. There was like a a pool of celebrities. It seemed like that would do game shows, and they would kind of rotate from game show to game show. You know, and there was there are certain few I remember seeing on like you know like Hollywood Squares, and they would do uh, win, lose, or draw, and they did hundred thousand dollar pyramid. And <laughs> anyway, that was a that was a pretty good one. I did enjoy watching that one. It always uh, baffled me. I I loved it, but it was also one of those where I don't know if I know everything in that quick of an order to be able to just spit off, you know, Mount Rushmore. Or- you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I don't think yeah. I can do it. Yeah, you'd have to. You have really got to be in sync with the other person to. Oh yeah. Get all those clues. How about you? What's the other? A few others that you can think of. Well, let's. I want to talk about pressure luck for a minute. Oh okay. Be- That's one of your <laughs> favorites. It was one of my favorites. Uh, hosted by Peter Tamarkin. I don't remember him doing any other game shows, but 
that one, I I love the style and the format of the game and the kind of what seemed to be luck, <laughs> you know, to where the uh, the board landed. But the the whammies, I almost rooted for people to hit the whammies just because I love watching them, you know, <laughs> come out there. They had, you know, they had the normal ones that would just come out with the sledgehammer and would bonk the whammy and pop the little guy up, you know, on your screen, one whammy, two <laughs> And then uh, they had the, like, like uh, celebrity spoof. So they'd, like, have one that was uh, the whammy Michael Jackson that would dance onto the screen. And Boy George, they would do, uh, do you really want to hurt me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'd him, bow! Yeah. Uh, so I love just watching that. And then I have a really specific memory. Uh, you're aware of the guy that like cheated the show or not cheated, but figured out the pattern no, on the board. You've never seen that? No. I guess I got to uh, Google that one. There's a whole documentary that the Game Show Network did. Uh, Michael, I can't think of his name. Michael something. But he... Who's just some random guy he had lost his job or something, and he watched Presser Luck every day and memorized the pattern. There was like six or eight patterns that the board would go through, and he knew which one to like stop on right before you know, like he knew which one right before it would get to that like five thousand and a spin at the top. Nice. So he figured it out. And I remember as a kid, it was, it, I'm pretty sure it was during the summertime because I was up the street uh, and the neighbor lady was babysitting me that summer and we would play down in her basement. I remember watching the show with him on it and, you know, they had the um, display right in front of the contestant that showed their dollar amount and there was enough room for, I think, five digits and then the dollar sign. And I can remember when he got so much money that it went to six digits, the dollar sign disappeared. They like had no, <laughs> he had over a hundred thousand dollars. I can't remember what the final amount was. I thought it was like 150 or something, but I, I think it was after five days, they kicked you off the show. Basically you're, you're the grand champion or something. Right. Couldn't do the show for more than five days. Um, but and they, you know, the the, the documentary is really good. It's one of my favorites, actually. Uh, and they actually let him keep the money because at first they like sued him or, you know, was saying he cheated. But he technically didn't cheat. It was the fault of the people that designed the board that right. put those patterns in there to make people think, oh, this is random when it's actually not. And he figured it out and won, you know, six figures. Uh, it was like the most in, you know, like game show history or something. But can you and, use that uh, same argument when you're counting cards? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the, uh, if it went to court or something or how they settled on that. You know, the CBS executive said, nope, you know, we own that money and we'll fix the board. <laughs> it was a hundred thousand dollar mistake. <laughs> But, uh, oh, my gosh, I just love that show. Of course, the announcer was Rod Roddy, who also yeah. did The Price is Right. 
So they had that little connection there. And, uh, oh, yeah, I just loved it. When they brought it back, they brought back uh, the show, and they just I think they just called it Whammy in the probably early 2000s. I hated it. The board was like, it was almost like uh, watching uh, MTV remote control with all the different TV screens all over the place. It wasn't like a, you know, it wasn't like a square board. It was kind of weird. It was like a diamond shaped almost. And then it it was truly random. I'm just watching how the thing moved around and stuff. It was might as well just close your eyes and hit the button. But, uh, <laughs> you know, any, anyway, it, that just kind of threw me off. It, I think it was the same format, you know, where you they give you the multiple choice questions and each person votes to get their spins and stuff. But, oh, I, I just love watching it. And I love my, fa- <laughs> my favorite thing about the show was always when, you know, people are always ritualistic on these shows. They're very superstitious. And you know they would come up, <laughs> they would come up to the, you know the podium. They they got their spins. They're ready to go. This is my first time on the show. This one's for my little granddaughter in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Little Michaela. All right, no whammies, no whammies. Stop on a whammy. <laughs> Every time they like dedicated the spin. It would seem to be always hit the whammy. I'm like, just shut up. You're going to jinx it, man. <laughs> don't, don't bring your family into this mess. Then you're going to come home and you're going to be like, I bet that spin on you. <laughs> You've got a whammy for me. That's it. <laughs> you're going to resent your, uh, your, your family. But that, I don't know. That was always my favorite, not just to press your luck, but any other time that people would be like, oh, this spin is for, you know, my dog, nippy (laughs) whatever whammy (laughs) oh and then you know that show too you had where you could pass the spins back and forth oh yeah i forgot about that i i don't i'm one of those i don't know that i wanted to pass the spin it's my turn dang it right well but you know you get so much ahead you get like you know tens of thousands uh in your your bank there and then you spin you pass them you know and then you pass them, and that person whammies. It, well, yeah, when you pass them, they had to spin, and it, unless they whammied, then they got the spins back. They're like regular spins, right. and then they could pass them back to you and make you try to whammy, you know. <laughs> and those were those were really fun shows to watch, where like everybody's just like we're whammying everybody. <laughs> Take my spins, whammy, 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 and they would like you know. There's some contestants that would be like, "You're gonna whammy, you're gonna whammy." <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I just love that because I don't know. See, people seem to get into that game too. I love it when the contestants were more into it. But anyway, that's my pressure luck take. Nice. Uh, did you watch it? Did you watch the show a lot? Not quite as frequently as you did. I know I've watched it, but not <laughs> not near as much. Uh, what all I remember is the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, don't don't whammy, don't whammy. And I I remember the little character when he would get whammy. You know, kind of like our our Capcom bowling. They had their little <laughs> random little cartoonish for right, it. Right, right. That's honestly all I truly remember about that show. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. That was one of my favorites. What else you got? Well, one that I liked. I don't remember much of the details, but I liked it. And I I don't know if you were with me when when I got these or not. 
favorite one was called Card Shark. Do you oh, remember yes. that show? Yes, I love Card Shark. Well, I used to love it because they had these monster freaking cards, you know? And it had <laughs> on these little uh, shelf, and he's like, oh, what is it? And I can't remember. I don't remember the details. I just remember him. And it was much bigger than this, than my card. It's like an right. actual sheet of paper size or something. And he'd flip it around, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't even remember the details of how the game was played. But what I remember is the like the monster cards. And <laughs> I can't remember where I bought these things. But I'm like, okay, this is the closest I can get to Card Shark. I want one. <laughs> and then, um, kind of on the opposite thing, not on a, on a game show related thing, but still opposite, I guess, in the, in the cards. I went to Long John Silver's many, many moons ago in Clearfield, and they were giving away kind of like the kids meal, whatever. Mm-hmm. They had cards that are maybe an inch tall and then in this little tiny plastic, and it's a keychain thing. I still got that. I don't have it with me. Oh, really? I still have that. I found it in my memorabilia box here the other day. I meant to grab it, but I didn't know when we get to this. Um, yeah. But I went to grab it. I wanted to grab it to, for this show specifically to say, I got the big set. Look at the little guy. <laughs> it's probably about, if you, I don't know if you can really make this out. This is my one of my smaller thumb drives I use for my MP3 players. There, my phone. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> it's probably about this size. And it is a full deck of cards. I don't know how you shuffle them. <laughs> that would be kind of difficult. <laughs> uh, I don't remember that being at Long John's. We got to do that episode of Memory Jogger where we go dig through our memory boxes because I got a couple. Oh, yeah. But uh, I will tell you how Card Sharks went because it was another one of my favorites. Okay. It was hosted by Bob Eubanks. Mm-hmm. And they had, they always had like the people, like they bring in 10 people from the audience to ask like survey questions to. So here are 10 professional wrestlers and we asked them, how often do you mow your grass? And so, you know, the contestant would be like, you know, how many said that they mow their own grass? And he would say, I'll say that six of them mow their own grass. And the other contestant would be like, oh no, they, they're too busy traveling all over the place. It's got to be lower than that. And then he would, you know, give you the, the answer. And then that person, whoever, was correct higher or lower they would get in control of the board and then they have the board you have like i think it was five or six cards that they would put up there in the deck and they'd flip the first one over and then you would be like it'd be like a nine and i think aces were high so you would say well there's you know there's a lot more cards lower than nine in the deck i'm going to say lower and then the model would spin the next card and be like a two Oh, I'm I'm going higher, Bob. Higher, Bob. You know, because there's nothing lower than a two. And you try to make your way all the way through the board. If you did, then I think you got to go to the bonus round. Now, I very vividly remember the bonus round because I converted the bonus round into like a solitaire game. Nice. It was like a, uh, they had like three, I think three tiers. You started with one card. And you basically were doing the same higher, lower game that you did in the regular game, but you're betting money. So you start with like 200 bucks and you get a king. And you're like, uh, I'll do 200, all 200 lower. And then, of course, you're going to be lower than a king unless they pulled up another king, which that was kind of 
sucky that they, yeah, you know, they would, they would uh, bottom you out because you, you couldn't be right either way if you got a the same card next. But you would go all the way up the different layers, and I think once you did the first three cards, you got up the second level. They moved that card up, and then you they added another I don't know five hundred or thousand dollars, and then over to the right or left you had three cards that you could change the card. So if you got like a eight, which is kind of in the middle of the deck between lower and higher, I'll change it with number two and they'll flip it up. Oh, it's an ace. And that, you know, that you could play that way and you had like extra cards to, to do that. But I, I was an only child. So I had to kind of make my own fun sometimes. And I took that, bonus game on card sharks and made it i would play solitaire i don't remember like writing down dollar amounts i might have done it i don't know i just tried to get all the way up through the the whole you know tower of cards and did that so that's my uh that's my card shark story (laughs) hey you remember more than i do i like i said i I just remember the freaking huge cards (laughs) yeah yeah they were huge they were huge uh let me throw, let's see, let's throw another one out there. How about Concentration? They called it Classic Concentration. That was with uh, Alex Trebek. Yep. And that was with the uh, what they called the Rebus Puzzles. That was like uh, pictures and letters, and you had to come up with the phrase that the pictures and, and whatever were spelling out. But you had all these like numbered cards. Well, they were technically digital, I guess, or whatever that you call it back then uh, yeah. the board. And then once you matched, it was like a match game. And every time you match something, you got like a prize and it revealed part of the puzzle behind there. And you could, once you got to solve it, then this was the show that had like six or seven different cars. Yeah. Actually, it might've been more. I don't know. I can't remember how many cars it was. I'm trying to remember how many squares you had to solve, but you basically uh, had to go through. So there was like a there was like a Mustang, a Camry, a Civic, whatever, and they would put those behind the names of the cards, I believe. And then whatever, if you matched them all in like thirty seconds or whatever the time was, whatever the last one that you matched, I think was the car that you won. But I remember they had like this staircase of cars. <laughs> oh, yes, I remember that. And you were like, uh, oh, my gosh, which one, you know, oh, you got to try to win the sports car. And they get <laughs> stuck with the station wagon or something, celebrity station wagon, whatever. <laughs> but I think, too, that was a game where if you came back, if you're the champion, you came back the next day, they added time to that bonus game until you won the car. And then once you won the car, you're off the show. Right. But oh, I I love that show, and I found I was in a uh, I think it was a Barnes and Noble back in the day. This is I, th- I think I was in college, so this was probably twenty years ago. I was in a Barnes and Noble, and they had a classic concentration book, and it was essentially a bathroom book. But you, it they had the Rebus puzzles in there, and there was like certain you flip on this page and there was a few missing off of the puzzle. You could try to guess it. And then on the next page, it was like totally revealed. So you could try to work your way and figure out what the answer was. 
But uh, I, th- I still have that book somewhere. I meant to try to dig it out. I think it's up in the attic, though. Um, <laughs> I like that game so much, I bought the book. And I also have the board game. I found that at a thrift store. I haven't tried to play it because my boys, they had no clue. But it was <laughs> like uh, they had like those little red windows that covered up the yep. puzzle that you pulled up. You know, I, I can't remember how the actual rules go for the board game. But um yeah, I have that somewhere too. So I loved the uh, love concentration. Did you remember watching that one? Oh yes, I watched it quite often. Um I remember the staircase of cars and I remember the revealing it. Uh I didn't remember how they got to the cars. I figured it was once you saw the whole board and figured it out. I think you had to yeah. say a phrase, wasn't it? Like map to nowhere or um yeah whatever the road the, ice cream or something it came out it was a, it right. was unlike wheel of fortune you just had to figure out the puzzle what it made what it right what the right. wording was but you had pictures and letters yeah. and stuff behind there yeah yeah i mean i love that old game do you remember now they had they had a mascot on that show the uh i can't remember who the girl i want to say marjorie that might be right was the like hostess and they would bring out Pokey, who was this little Chihuahua, and they would like dress him up, or you know, if they if one of the prizes they were giving away was a bassinet or something, they'd dress him up like a baby and put him in the bassinet, and it was it was kind of like what Bob Barker did, you know, at the end of The Price Is Right about spay or neutering your pet. <laughs> but this was more along the lines of go out and adopt a pet, you know, right. every time they'd bring Pokey on the show. Uh, I, I <laughs> for some reason I remember that. Anyway, what's another one for you? Uh, one that I liked, and I would just I just saw it on uh, I punched up on Google something else. I was looking for the mascot, and came up with my show, and that was Tic Tac Doe. Oh yeah, that game. Yes, 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 yes. What the dragon? Don't find the dragon. That's it, and that's what I what's what popped up was the dragon. I thought that was the most hilarious little funky dragon, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember the board game. I don't think I had a board game, but I remember seeing it. You know. Uh, oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, there was a board game. I remember seeing the board game, and then mm-hmm. it was kind of like if I remember, it was on a um, kind of like a Jeopardy type thing. You had themes in the squares, and that's how you got your extra O. Was one of the pictures right here on on Google is the categories are Disney. I think that's a jungle category, but I might be wrong. Um, science, fashions, basketball, trivia, challenge, faces, top 10, and then I can't see what the other maps of nations. There's a whole thing, and basically how that worked is what it would dictate if you got your X or O out of that. Yeah, I was thinking it was it was some kind of trivia involved, and even uh... – I don't know how they did that. If they went back and forth or if they buzzed in to answer. If you got it wrong, the other person got it or, you know, if it was kind of like Hollywood squares, you know, how they did that tic-tac-toe. But I do remember the show Wink Martindale. That was one of the ones on the USA network. I remember watching reruns and that, I think it was actually, I don't know if it was all seventies, late seventies. I, I think they did original episodes in the eighties. But I've got. I, if you don't mind, I'm going to pull up this. Uh, 
this lineup here. I was trying to look find a TV guide to go through and find because I remember watching all these shows in the afternoon on the USA network. And some of them were like, let's make a deal. I loved that show. And that was the old Monty Hall version of the show. And it was, I mean, to me, it looked dated back then. <laughs> right. So it was probably early seventies, maybe well, mid seventies. I just found it. Uh, on wiki. Tic-tac-toe mm-hmm. was from 56 to 59. Took a massive break. Then went from 78 to 86 took another four-year hiatus, and was back for 1991. That was it. Oh, wow. Okay. So there was some original ones in the 80s. I just don't remember that one being on network TV, just on USA Network. So, Well, it, it there's pictures of here. You can see it was on NBC at some point. Was it? Okay. But uh, some of the ones that I remember watching on USA was Let's Make a Deal. And these yeah. were all like reruns. I think of, I don't know, unless Tic-Tac-Doe was original. Uh, you had Name That Tune with uh, mm-hmm. Jim Lang. And that was like, <laughs> it was it was almost impossible when the I could name that tune in one note. And unless you pick something up on the clue that was given, it was you know pretty much impossible to get all the way down to one note and, and oh, get yeah. the final game or whatever it was. So, but I do remember that. I do, for some reason, that show reminds me of the Pontiac Fiaro. And I think maybe it was because the, the prize, the, the ultimate prize on there was the, was the Pontiac Fiaro for the longest time. Oh, yeah. But anyway, name that tune Tic Tac Doe, the $25,000 pyramid, which we mentioned, which I guess varied in, I think it went up to 50 at one point, maybe even 100,000. Uh, I remember watching uh, Bumper Stumpers. Oh, yeah. You remember Bumper Stumpers? That was that crazy show with the license plates that you (laughs) you had to figure out, you know, like the vanity license plates. I I, I don't remember a thing about that show as far as how. I I remember it, but I I don't even remember the license plates. I just remember you had to look at Bumper, obviously a car bumper, but I don't remember what part. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Let's see what else I can find on here. Uh, there's a few that kind of ring a bell, but I don't necessarily remember. Chain Reaction, Jackpot, uh, Joker's Wild. That sounds familiar, but I don't remember. I've heard it too. I can't place. can't remember the game. Chain Reaction might have been, I think that was the one with uh, Bill. Who was the host? where you had this kind of weird like beehive type board that you tried to connect one side of the board to the other, I think with your color or something. And it was, uh, it was kind of, I think it was like a trivia show. Hmm. Uh, the, the gong show. I remember watching the oh. gong show. Can't tell you much about it other than, you know, the gong, the yeah. But yeah, USA Network, they, those are some of the ones I remember watching on USA Network in the afternoons. Uh, looks like they did have, later in the early 90s, they did put Pressure Luck in there, Scrabble, and Hollywood Squares, and Win, Lose, or Draw. So they had reruns of some of those shows as well. You remember Win, Lose, or Draw? 
with the they had the celebrities on there and not really i'll be honest i don't remember that one uh bert convy was the host and it was you know it was basically just you know you get clues you draw them and the you had like uh you had a celebrity and a, a couple contestants maybe on each team and you had to guess what they were drawing i remember it i don't remember it being one of my favorites necessarily now hollywood squares Oh, yes. I love me some Hollywood Squares. What's really cool is, especially when you're listening to QIX, and you have... <laughs> I got I, I to do it. Sorry, dude. Sorry, I got to pull it up. But when you hear... Shadow Stevens. Yeah. That's what he's called it. When I'm looking uh-huh. for them, I can't find the dang... Th- there they are. It's the weekly Top 40 countdown on North Central Pennsylvania's biggest... That's hit. Rick D. QIX. Yeah, Rick D's was on there. Kerwinsville. No, 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 no. It wasn't Rick Dees. Are you are you sure? Oops, I'm very sure. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. It was Shadow Stevens who did the announcing on Hollywood Squares. And Shadow Stevens did host the top 40. I think it was after that whole dispute with Casey Kasem. And he went uh, essentially and created his own countdown show away from American Top 40. I think it was just Casey's countdown or something. And Shadow Stevens, I think, took over for him on the American Top 40. I've always had them confused. I always thought Rick Dees was also Shadow Stevens, I guess. No, no, no. Rick Dees was a totally different show than either of those two, if my memory served me correctly. Yeah, I don't know why I've always thought they were the same person. Nope. That has been my error for then for... Well, <laughs> well, I'm happy to correct you, sir. <laughs> I know you are. Uh, <laughs> Hollywood Squares. I remember watching the original version with John Davidson as the host. And I, I think it was Joan Rivers who was the always the center square. And you had Jim J. Bullock. And then after that version of the show, that's when Tom Bergeron took over. And you had, uh, I think Whoopi Goldberg was always the center square. Yeah. And you always had Gilbert Gottfried, too. He was one of the squares. Oh, that's he right. cracked yeah, too, quite frequently. He yeah. cracked me up. You know, it was always, that show was just so entertaining to watch. He, I didn't really care. That was one of those shows I didn't really care if the contestants won or not. The celebrities were really the, the hook on the show because they would try to come up with some joke or some crazy answer and try to get the contestant to agree with them, you know, and, you know, totally throw them off. Gilbert was the king of this. Gilbert would get on there. I remember one episode. It's on YouTube. If you go out and watch it, if you look up like Gilbert Godfrey, Hollywood squares, you're going to find this clip and it's where he dupes these two contestants like several times in a row to agree or disagree with him. And after every time that they would get it wrong, he'd be like, you fool. And (laughs) it was just like the string of hilarious jokes that he would come up with when he was initially asked the question. And then he would come up with some ridiculous answer or sometimes I think even guess it correctly. And the person, you know, the answer before was totally ridiculous that they're like, he's not going to give me a, a, a true answer. And then he would. And then <laughs> they would get it wrong again. You fool. <laughs> oh, I remember that. That was that was really fun, that version. Even the later version with Tom Bergeron. 
uh, versus John Davidson. But I, Gilbert Godfrey, I think, was my favorite square. <laughs> I remember it. I wasn't a frequent watcher, but I mean, like weekly or whatever, but I was often watching it. I, it was always hilarious because you're basically betting that the that the celeb actually had a right. They, right. They, you know, they're celebrities and then most of them are actors of some sort. So, you know, they ad lib all the time. You don't know if they're still yeah. ad libbing now. <laughs> right. Right. That was the whole, you know, gag of doing that show was, well, how much do they actually know and how much do they really want to try to trick the contestant? That's it. You know, that's all I mainly remember yeah. about uh, Hollywood Squares. What are some other ones you remember? I remember Scrabble. I remember watching old Scrabble, yes. and I thought that was an awesome thing. And then you'd see the little one when, when it's thinking, you know, here's a B. You have to go. Yeah. Or it would be, you know, I love that show. Yes. I would. I watched that one religiously. And it was just fun. And then they took the letters. How did it work? Uh, they like inserted the letters into their like podium. Yeah. Uh, let me try a T. And they'd put the T in, you know. Then it would go scan. It and then it would either do it or not. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was like certain ones you hit just like on the Scrabble game that was, was like worth more or. Um, I can't double remember. Points, got a, points, yeah. Or, yeah. Got a free tile or something. Uh, but that was just the fun of it. Like actually, you know, putting in those tiles to, uh, to play the game. And then, Oh, at the end of the game, that was another intense bonus round. Cause you got like 60 seconds and you had that huge plunger, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And you, uh, you were trying to, the tiles would go themselves that time and he would keep giving you the clue and you're trying to pick up what the word is and you had to stop the timer and know what the word was. If you didn't, then they took time off the clock. It was intense. It was a, that was a crazy bonus round, but that was, that was fun show. I love watching uh, Scrabble. All right. I'm going to throw one at you that came to mind. I remember watching, but I, I'm st- I still can't kind of wrap my head around the context of when I would have been watching this. They made a game show called The Pennsylvania Game on the public channel on PBS. Do you remember The Pennsylvania Game show? Uh, to, to you coin your phrase, hell to the no. <laughs> it's not my phrase, but I... For some reason, I thought it was earlier than this, but I think it was in the 90s, like later 90s when they started doing this. And it was like three people on the show and the host would, uh, it was it was almost like educational. So it was like, all right, here's a famous Pennsylvania person and what they did. And then they give you like a multiple choice of, all right, here is uh, Mr. William Penn. Did he also, he's the founder of Pennsylvania or whatever, and he also invented this. Did he invent the whatever machine, you know, then they give you like four choices and then the contestants would give you their answer and see who was correct. And they would keep basically keep total of 
however many questions you got right throughout the mm -hmm. show and gave you like a, a goodie bag from all like Pennsylvania <laughs> stuff that was like made or uh, manufactured in Pennsylvania. I think it, I, I memory served me correctly. I'll have to click over. I did put the link here. I think it was around 1996 when they started. So I would have had to been in, you know, like home from college or something. So yeah, we were out of school, but that was like during my college years. So it would have had to been when I was home to watch it. I was thinking I might have watched it at my grandmother's house, but I remember the game. I just don't remember when. I said ninety six to two thousand six, so it lasted ten years. So and I, I see there's a game. there's a YouTube <laughs> video up here. There's a couple on there. They don't have. Well, I did find one that was like a full episode, but um. Anyway, yeah, I would never heard it, of this, so it's no. completely. <laughs> it obviously existed, <laughs> but I was also right. ninety six, so I was Scott Air Force Base. Mm -hmm. yeah. I had been in three different assignments by then, starting on my fourth. <laughs> so, okay. All right, what else you got? Well, one of yours. I'm surprised you haven't come up with yet. Double uh -oh. Dare. Oh yes. Well, I I actually have a page up of a bunch of Nickelodeon game shows I wanted to talk about, but Double Dare, yeah, that was a big one, man. Loved the Double Dare. I watched it here and there, but not You are the game show king here cuz you're you're doing all the talking <laughs> about game shows. I know I remember like bits and pieces of stuff. I don't remember like Card Shark rules and all that. So Yeah. Well, Double Dare that was an 80s show. It started in the 80s, if I do remember right. And then, uh, well, we talked about, uh, if you go over to, uh, what was it, our 1987 TV shows on Rankum, uh, I threw in there Finders Keepers. That was in, okay. back in the 80s. But there was a slew of them on Nickelodeon that I watched religiously up through the early 90s. So like in my high school years, I was still watching these kids game shows and double dare was probably at the top of the list, man. I mean, that was, that was fun. You had the, you started out the show with the physical challenge and then it was all about, all right, get through the trivia, find out who wins. And you know, they, you know, they could dare you to do the, what is it? They do a dare and then a double dare and then they do the physical challenge. So it was what you could watch, you know, that was still fun to watch the uh, physical challenges, but it was all about the, uh, the obstacle course at the end, right? That was what you wanted to watch. You wanted to watch them, you know, try to reach up in that huge nose and pull the flag out, you know, and the, all of the different uh, stuff you had to like slide under. There was uh, trying to remember now <laughs> what all they, they all the obstacles that they made, but it was like I don't know. Some of them were like chocolate pudding, and there was always one with like green slime, and you know, trying to grab those flags. And I remember the you remember what the ultimate prize was always on Double Dare. It was like uh, two weeks of uh, uh, Space Camp. Yes, yes, trip to Space Camp. That was like the ultimate prize for every Nickelodeon game show. It seemed like. The grand prize is always a trip to space camp. You, here I am about two hours away and I've never been, but <laughs> <laughs> I 
still love to go. You know, I know oh, my yeah. boys have been there with uh, school to go for the day, not not necessarily the camp, but the the Huntsville, whatever it's called, Rocket and Space Museum. Yeah, but yeah, that was always <laughs> that was always the uh, the ultimate prize. You you got that trip to space camp if you got all the whatever six or seven flags and was it 30 seconds or 60 seconds? Something like anyway, that. Yeah. That was a great show. I'm looking uh, at all the pictures on uh, Google. They, they brought it back. A frequent, frequent one. <laughs> Did you know they brought it back just this year? Like this no, summer? No. Yeah. There are new episodes on Nickelodeon right now. I need to get to watching this. I haven't, uh, we don't get cable, so I haven't, haven't seen any. But uh, yeah, they just started. I think it, it might be the family double dare. Mm. I can't remember exactly, but uh, yeah, they they just brought it back. That was a great one. I'm going to zip through some of my favorites on Nickelodeon. Okay, go ahead. See if you can remember any of these. Make the grade. You remember that one? That was uh, it's kind of a like a Jeopardy style show with kids, and the board was questions based on a grade level so you had like kindergarten and then maybe you went up to like fifth grade or something and all the way up through like 12th grade you had to make a pattern i think across the board like a straight across or diagonal with all of your color your color uh whatever color you were if you were like blue i think it was blue red and green teams and then uh I'm trying to remember what the bonus game was. It had something to do with like a fire drill or something. I can't remember what they called it. <laughs> but I remember watching that. That was one I watched over at Graham's after school. I think that was, that had to have been like late 80s or early 90s. 89. It's premiered in 89 to 91. So oh, I remember wow. that one. Uh, do you remember the Nick Arcade? Yes. Where yes. the 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 kids were in the actual like video game. Oh yeah. Now that was a fun one because they had like a board. You had this character. His name was like Mikey or something. And you would you would start at this square and then you would tell the host, "I want Mikey to go left," and he would go left and he'd land on something. And sometimes it'd be like a question. Sometimes it'd be like a prize. And when you answer the questions, you got like points and stuff. And then whoever had the most points, you got to play the, the bonus game at the end, which was like, you were a weatherman and you had like the green screen behind you, but there was a mon- there's somehow like a monitor or something that they could look and they would, the picture behind them would actually be in like a video game and they would have to walk and duck and go up a ladder. And I think you were trying to hit coins. And if you got it, once you got to the coin, the next, there's two people on each team. The next person would appear and he would be in a different game trying to get a coin. And then I think there was one more. It was difficult. I don't know how anybody to do that. Just to try to imagine yourself, you know, looking at a monitor and a green screen behind you trying to, yeah, (laughs) trying to make your way through like a maze, you know, it was. It was hard, and I, there was only, a, I think, a few people that have probably ever beat it. I remember that one. And another big one I remember that was, uh, I 
think that was early nineties too, was Legends of the Hidden Temple. Do you remember that one? I remember that one now. Oh my gosh. That one was great. It was uh I think you started with six teams. That one started in nineteen ninety-three. Um there was like six teams to start, and you were like the purple monkeys and the blue iguanas, and I can't remember all the team names. <laughs> There was like a challenge to start out and it you went from six teams to start right down to four. And then after four, there was uh, the steps of knowledge and you'd have four teams up here. And then you try to get down to the bottom, which was like a trivia. I think somebody, the, the idol, the, <laughs> the big idol that talked on the show, he would give you, he would tell a story and then you had the, the guy would answer or the guy would give questions based on the story and you made your way down that narrowed it down to two teams. And then you had like this other physical challenge that the teams would go through to whittle it down to one team. And then you had the temple and then there was like, I don't know, eight or 10 different, it was kind of like finders keepers. We had like eight or 10 different rooms in this set and you would try to go through and get, there was a artifact based on each show where there was like a theme and you had to find the artifact and get out. And there was like temple guards in there that would like pop out and scare you, scare the contestants. And then they had, they won these like medals coins or something throughout the game that they would basically get another life if they found a guard. Hmm. But uh, there was one room that was always like the one that everybody got stuck in, and that was the uh, the monkey statue. You had to you had to like assemble this statue of a monkey, which was like three different pieces, fit it all together, and then once you pushed it down, then the next door opened to get to the next room. They couldn't do it, man. Like <laughs> nobody ever got past the the uh, the monkey statue to get to the next room. It was just so hard to put together and to fit just right and open up that next door. But, Oh my gosh, I loved it. (laughs) Just, uh, just a few years ago, I went back and started watching episodes on YouTube and introduced the boys to it. Oh, they loved it, man. Really? We watched several, several, there were several episodes on YouTube. I don't know if they're still there or not because they did do a, they actually did a movie based on, the game show i've never seen it it was just i don't know maybe a couple years ago that they created the movie uh i remember it coming out and I, that might have been what spawned me to go back and watch some episodes <laughs> but uh oh man it was a great show uh just a couple more nickelodeon guts this is where you had like three kids uh and they were doing this was all like physical challenge stuff and at the very end, you had this huge mountain that they had to climb. And you're hitting those little buttons with the red lights as you're going up the mountain. I can't remember a lot of about that. I do remember watching that one, though. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Think Fast? I remember, I'm trying to remember what that one is. Uh, the, the logo looks familiar. But uh, anyway, there's uh, several. And there was one on, I think it was on Fox. 
That was the Fun House. This one, uh, this one, I remember watching religiously. I think it was a Saturday morning show, and uh, it had this like red-haired host. Can't remember his name. It's called the Fun House, and you had two teams. They did like I don't think they did trivia. It was more like little physical challenges and stuff they did at the beginning to determine who gets to go to the fun house at the end. That was like the main thing. And you had, uh, it was kind of like, uh, the hidden temple or, you know, any of those shows. It was like, uh, a fun house you went through and you pulled tags. I think you could pull like three tags or something. And some of them were cash and some of them were actual prizes I think you had to get in, get your first person had to get it like three tags and come back out, tag your other partner, and then the next one would go in and get three, I think, before the time was up or something. And that's what you basically walked home with. But uh, I remember watching that one a lot. And they had this one game that sticks out in my head. It was like a, the kids would like push one of them in a, like a go-kart or something. And you had to grab coins out of this, like they're like foam coins that would be, uh, on like a pedestal and you like push them around. They'd grab this coin. And I, I, I don't know. It's kind of a blur, but <laughs> you, you remember watching that one at all? No, not at all. Oh man. Oh, I love well, that one. A lot of what you, I think I said this before, a lot of the, Game shows and stuff, I didn't have mm-hmm. really much access to cable or especially Nickelodeon. Oh, when we moved out to, I want to say when we moved out to my stepdad's house. So. Yeah, because we had the satellite dish, but it was, it was just like Dish Network or whatever. You had to buy a package. So to mm-hmm. unscramble those channels. And I don't think Nickelodeon was ever unscrambled. The same with... um Oh, there's a couple of shows. I don't think I had like USA was not unscrambled, mm-hmm. but if I went to my dad, <laughs> USA was. So, yeah, that's where I watched the um, the new Adventures of Airwolf when it came out, season four, as we call it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I don't remember much of the Nickelodeon games except for Double Dare and a few others that you've told yeah. me about, like Finders Keepers. And I've got one here from our friends on Twitter. Okay, great. Because uh, I, I posed the uh, the question out. See if you remember this one. There's two people, John Laceris at JJL Music and at PAV owned Patrick Pavone. They both said Sale of the Century. You remember Sale of the Century? Yes, I do. I don't remember much of it, but I remember the game show. I remember this one. This one was where there was a board you had that had like cards that flipped. And behind the cards was, uh, I think, dollar amounts and prizes. And you could, you, it was, it was weird. It was like you know, you could, uh, you could buy a car for five hundred dollars or whatever it was. But you know, the most you would earn on a show was like a hundred hundred bucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and you could trade. I can't remember how, you know, if you could just stay on the show until you got knocked off or whatever, but there was some trivia involved. They had like a lightning round where you earned like one or $2 each time. And it was always whoever had the highest dollar amount 
got to play the bonus game at the end. Oh, I'm trying to remember how the bonus game went. Or maybe maybe it was they got to choose because they would they would give you like deals. They would come in and say, All right, so you're at $35 and your you know opponents are like at 30 and 25. And the dude would come up to you and say, Okay, I'm gonna give you the sale of the century for ten dollars. We're going to give you this uh, brand new jet ski. And then they would try to like egg them on. Like, ah, oh, and then you'd hear the audience, do it, buy it, you know, trying to. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, because it was, you know, it was either, okay, I can, I can get a prize like that with what I've earned, or I can try to stay ahead because the lightning round is coming up. And they're always like, no. And then the host, oh, what was his name? I want to say it was Jim something. He would come back. Okay, I'm going to get it to you for eight dollars. You know, and the guy would be like, "Oh, you know, I we just bought a house on the lake, and I could really use the jet ski, but I <laughs> no, I can't." You know, it'd be something stupid like that, you know. And uh, and then it would go go away. Jack Kelly Jack, okay. it from sixty nine to seventy one, replaced by Joe Gargolia. No. Who was after that? There had been another one after that. This was the 80s version. Yeah, so it had been Jim Perry. Jim Perry, that's it. I knew it was Jim. I think at the end, once you won all of the won the lightning round, you were the the last person. That's when you could just go on like a, a shopping spree if you wanted, or they would try to bait you again. I'll give you ten thousand dollars for all of your money right now. Or they could say no, and then they'd try to come back on the next show and earn more money to get up to where they could have enough to like win a car. I think that was kind of how it worked. But I do that one was a like a weekday morning show, like on before the Price is Right or yeah, something. So I do remember Sale of the Century. That's a that was a good one. That was a, a pretty cool idea too. You know discount stuff like that you know oh yeah but i I like the the format too i'm gonna uh just throw a couple more out there i'm not even gonna try to pronounce his name sorry about (laughs) peter charbonneau at pc charbonneau 21 he says card sharks is up there we talked about card sharks joker's wild too joker joker world history i don't know uh I, again, I don't remember Joker's Wild uh, for some reason. Uh, Taylor of the T-Tops, who is at Apex Buddha. Big money, no whammies, and lots of prices right growing up. So he Oh, the- I remember Joker's Wild. Oh, crap. I remember watching it. So it was like a kind of a slot game. It had three cards or shows up there, and they built this big, huge lever just like you're pulling a, a slot machine and you didn't mm-hmm. want to get, obviously I, I, you wanted to get the wild, obviously, but you mm-hmm. didn't want to get the Joker, which I think was what failed it. I don't remember like the no detail, problem. like the rules and so forth, but I remember Joker's wild. I, I love that game, that game show, man. I don't remember the, uh, vaguely I'm looking at it now. I'm looking at some of the screenshots. Yeah. Vaguely remember this one. 
if I would have watched it, I'm, I'm guessing it would have been one on. Oh, I think I did say it was on USA Network. They, I'm gonna have to look on YouTube and watch a show. Same here. I <laughs> love that yeah. show. Well, it says it's still on TBS. Weird. Interesting. It was yeah, seventy-two to seventy-five on network and on CBS, and then syndicated seventy-seven to eighty-six, and then ninety and ninety-one. Okay, I'll, I'll have to look that one up because I'm. I'll once I watch it, I'll probably remember it. That was one. Let me see if there's any other ones here from our Twitter friends. See any more right now? Uh, any other ones that came to mind? You want to throw out there before we try to wrap it up? Uh, I guess the last one I remember watching, it's been, a, again, hit or miss throughout the years, but I've liked it all the way through, and that's uh, Family Feud. Mm-hmm. You know, and supposedly yeah. there's some kind of ghost story that goes along with it with the, the, the host and so forth, but um, I remember watching it. What I remember the older series was when, you know, they had the Family Feud, and they had the, the families behind... Uh, basically a little stage behind a paneled curtain, I'll call it. And they'd be all, you know, froze. (laughs) Come on down. Okay, here we go. Here's the Waller family. Then they come out and whatever. And I've gone back and watched the older ones a few times because they've done mashups with TV characters. So they had the Dukes of Hazzard versus, I can't remember who who was the, uh, like the Waltons or something crazy. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like this is awesome. Why did I not know about this? I would have yeah. watched it live. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I do remember those ones with the celebrities coming on there from like different TV shows and stuff. Yeah. And here's the cast of Dynasty versus the cast of Dallas, you know, or something. Right. Yeah, and then they would. Yeah, and they would, you know, do the show. I do remember the version. That was the version with. Uh, uh, Richard uh, Dawson. That was yeah. with him. And then Ray Combs took over. They added that, uh, what was it? The uh, bullseye round at the beginning where you actually played for how much you were going to, you basically did a game to see how much you were going to play for at the end of the game when you did mm-hmm. the, the the fast money. That was good. I can't. There is something around Ray Combs. I, I want to say like committed suicide or something. I I can't remember exactly what his story is, but there's yeah, there was something that went on there. That was during like our childhood era when he right. hosted. Um, and I haven't watched really much with Steve Harvey. Uh, I do remember Louis uh, Louis Anderson hosted the show for a while. I think he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Family Feud was good. I'd, I would watch Family Feud. Oh yeah, I loved it. I always liked the bit, you know, the buzzer. <clears throat> yeah. Survey so says ah! that was yeah, that was a good one. Right, here's one I'm going to throw out there. This pretty obscure, but I had the board game, and this was one that my dad loved, and I think it was like one of those. Probably uh, the millionaire who wants to be a millionaire in the late nineties was really like appointment television. They, you know, they put it on prime time so people would watch. And this was one back from the eighties that I remember watching. And I'm pretty sure it was a prime time, like special show. 
because it was called a million dollar chance of a lifetime and it was hosted by jim lang who also did the uh name that tune and it was it was kind of like a mix of wheel of fortune with uh i don't know i can't i'm trying to remember it but i remember it having like a I think it was like a look like a big computer screen or something. <laughs> and it was a puzzle. It was like a, a puzzle like you do a Wheel of Fortune. I can't remember how you like revealed the letters to guess the puzzle. And then at the end of the show was like one of those soundproof booth type games. I'm trying to it's gosh, it's been forever. No, I I I probably couldn't tell you how the whole game worked as far as the show goes, but I remember having the board game. I might still have it somewhere. And you would uh, set up the, the board or the, the, uh, it, the, the answer to the puzzle was like in this like clear thing. And then you put the letters or you put the tiles on top of it. Oh, I can't remember how it goes and how you, peeled it off to uh it seemed like there was like a dry erase board in there too or something to uh to reveal the puzzle i'm gonna have to pull that one out that was one that i do i'm pretty sure it was like uh like a prime time special because that was at least the first one i can remember that you could actually win a million bucks and this was back in the mid 80s i'm gonna have to try to find this thing (laughs) <laughs> real quick what uh what are what are some of the other ones Any more? Uh, one one that i probably did not like and that was jeopardy because i could never figure out what the friggin' question was <laughs> <laughs> what is uh i remember watching my um oh, when i was over at my grams my uncle lived there at the time we'd have dinner and right after dinner well, he always watches news. We would have dinner, and then right after dinner, I think it was from 7 to 8, was Wheel of Fortune in Jeopardy. We had to watch that every night. So that was like a staple <laughs> that hour uh, since I was a kid. It's been, you know, I don't know. I seem to find uh, Wheel of Fortune, you know, when we used to watch more of the local channels here, which I don't yeah. I usually watch Netflix now, but. I, I would be I would watch Wheel of Fortune more than Jeopardy, but yeah, that was some those are some tough questions. I don't know if you ever got into uh Saturday Night Live like the newer cast, but one of the most hilarious things is the celebrity Jeopardy that they do, the skits that they do on that show. Have you watched any of those? No, but I would Will Farrell. Love to watch it. Oh my gosh. You just go out and stay on YouTube for a while and click on that right column and they suggest more and just look up SNL celebrity jeopardy. And it's Will Ferrell as Alex Trebek and Daryl Hammond plays Sean Connery. He's on most of the shows and you've got, uh, Norm Macdonald plays like Burt Reynolds. He's on there a lot. And then there's other random people that impersonate celebrities. And it's just the, it's the funniest thing. I said I pulled it up. <laughs> and, uh, all right. Well, well um, 
Any more you want to throw out? Uh, not really. I'm starting to reach right now. I, th I think I'm I about think tapped out too. Yeah, I can't. I've I've already made my list, so I I really can't. Uh, okay, that's my list. There there wasn't much there that I saw that I or I remembered. One of the two. Well, let's leave it at that then. All righty. So now we're up to what are we going to do next time? Well, I was actually in the middle of testing you this. I was going to leave it as a surprise. I think I am ready to do our radio station chat. And basically, it will probably be a part two of the WCPA chat. I part think I'm done it. editing my, my 3D ensemble, I'll call it, of, of the station. Okay. I've been trying to go through pictures and YouTube and, or well, rather Google and stuff, trying to find original photos of the station. And I, I think I was the only one that has the memory. No one took pictures inside this radio station that I'm aware of. Um, not even on the outside, uh, short, short of my, you know, uh, uh, Q cruiser picture that I'm, I had. I have one of the Q cruiser. You need to find that. Okay. So. I'll Whatever. If you have took any other pictures, I'm kind of pissed off. I didn't take a picture of the board, uh, or or something happened to it. I don't know what happened, but I've redrawn the AM room as best as I can from memory. Granted, I only worked there. I think I counted. I worked there maybe like 15, 16 months, because I started in September of '93, left in February of '95, and I think you worked there just a tad longer, if you include your time as an intern. Yeah, I'm trying to remember when I started. It was obviously after we graduated. Was it that summer that I started? It must have been that summer. I thought you, for all the time, I thought you'd actually been there longer than you really were. No, it, I think it was the summer after I graduated. And then I went to school in the spring semester of 1996. So I can't remember exactly when I quit. It was probably, you know, I don't know, October, November of 95. So I probably had a year and a half there. And then another, that was just like a summer gig. Uh, I don't know if it was a, how many weeks it was. Maybe it'd been a month. Uh, if that, that I did the internship there. So it was probably about the same time as you that I worked there. Okay. So you're going to unveil your, uh, your trip through the station. Anything else as far the, as the idea is what we need we, to prepare for talk about our, our not podcasting career. So, so whatever that was. So you, I know went to college to be, to go into radio. You worked at the college radio station. Um, mm -hmm. and of course, WCPA. So it's going to be really just the radio station chat, our radio broadcasting experience. Uh, okay. And what has continued to drive us to get into broadcasting, even if it's podcasting. <laughs> gotcha. That's, okay. That's my idea, because I worked at a second radio station as well. Uh, when I was, uh, starting out in the air force, I, I really missed it. So I had to get back into it. I thought it'd be just fun to do. Okay. Well, you might actually have more total experience at an actual station than I do. <laughs> and, I, and I'm the one with the radio broadcasting degree. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like it. How, how long did you work at the, the station in Illinois? I started there, I want to say around November, November or December of 95. I left in January of 97. So just like an, a year and two months. And I left because of the, the new management. It was well, right after the FCC started saying, okay, you can buy whatever you want. That's exactly what was happening. People were buying up radio stations left and right. And this uh, this guy basically bought it out. And it was just an AM station. There was nothing else to it. Just an AM little hometown radio station. And this guy, this group came in. They were forced out. They were bought out. So this few salesmen decided, hey, let's pull our money together and buy this little smaller radio station out, out in the boonies and you know make it a big to-do. They started out with wanting to do Radio Disney, and then that failed. Um, hmm. Then they tried to change it back to a news talk radio station, and that's kind of fell on its face. Um, they did Radio Disney in the middle of Illinois? Oh, yeah. They attempted. It actually never got on air. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. I was they like, were, okay. They they were, the thing was that they had a Radio Disney segment at the former radio station. And I guess it was bringing bank or at least giving them some automation. Uh, okay. And they tried to do it with this one. And then they couldn't get the sponsors to run it. I, I honestly don't know how the radio station thrived with the other guy, to be honest. Uh, the guy showed me the bankroll at one point said this is what i'm making so he was literally just breaking even mm. um, yeah well that sounds like fun man i'm love to get back into that mindset and uh remember those those days at the station and uh, yeah i'm I'm still loving it was it a, it was a good time see if we can dig up a few more stories right i can't remember exactly what we uh what we talk, talked about when we had Bob on the show and all that. I might have to go listen to that one again. Just well, I've to... listened to it like a hundred times by now. <laughs> I, it's it, And what's funny, because I've said it before with all these podcasts, but I like listening to them. But a lot of it, 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 initially the first run through when I listen is usually for a QC check to make sure we've edited it or we've not missed a cuss word that we might have slipped out or something. <laughs> something. I do the QC first. And then after that, it's like memories. And I just love, like, especially the school stories, the school time uh, that we had. I loved listening to our fun and what we did walking down the halls and, you know, uh, Russ and the helium and whatever else. <laughs> then listening to, you know, the WCPA chat, I'm like, and then listening to Bob, I'm like, man, I just so remember being in that booth. Yeah. And I wish I had that stinking board, the the board for the AM, the AMPRO, because, you know, when we're talking – in that in the episode, I'm saying I'm flicking. It was no kidding, like a like a left and right, I'll call it light switch. You went left, which we hardly ever did, and that was your audition. You went right, and that was production, which was on air. And we always flipped the switch to yep. play the cart machines. That's exactly what we did. Cart one, cart two, WCPA back on the air for. Rush Limbaugh or for me, Sunday radio networks of some sort, but it was, you know, I'm, I'm flicking switches. It's muscle memory. I didn't realize that for 15 months yeah. <laughs> you know, I was, Jason and I are sitting in here and we're talking, I'm flicking switches and it's just like, 
okay, 23 years ago, I had, I have not flipped the switch like that, you know, the, the, the console, <laughs> and I'm still doing it. Yeah, you're still doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. Good time. Yeah. It was one of the, I mean, it was where we kind of got to know each other better too. I mean, we knew each other from school and stuff, but we, it was something we, we both loved to do and just the quirkiness of, you know, we understood each other too and what we were, all the, the job we had to do while we were there. So yeah. we could kind of sympathize too when we get those phone calls from Carl. <laughs> Carl uh, or the request, you know? Yeah. I'd like to make a request and dedication. Sorry, you have to call the 800 number. What's that again? 1-800-247-HITS. <laughs> H-I-T-S. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, that'll be fun. Sorry, we're going to leave it. <laughs> yeah. That'll be fun for the show, uh, the next show. And uh, we'll uh, just tell everybody, if you got some extra game shows that you remember that we might have missed on uh, our journey back through them, please, uh, you can just tweet us, like I said before, at RD80s. Wyatt is at InfamousWB. Or uh, just go over to our show notes uh, on rediscoverthe80s.com and post your comments there, and we'll try to... uh, we had been doing feedback at the beginning of the show. And now that we've kind of got off track and not releasing shows for, I don't know, months at a time, we it's, it's hard to uh, remember to pop that feedback in there, but we do care about you guys and, and your feedback. And uh, if you enjoyed the show, if you didn't, or if we missed something, or you need to correct us on something. <laughs> We, uh, we do welcome those comments over there. So please uh, please leave us a comment there. And uh, we will uh, we'll see you next time on the Memory Jogger. Uh, do you, you have something for us there, sir? What do you mean? <laughs> you, you're the one that usually takes us home, right? I do. <laughs> I'm like, what? Did I miss another script somewhere? I was ready to end the show, and I was like, wait, you usually end the show. <laughs> And we do apologize. We actually had a schedule at one point a few months ago lined up for Memory Jogger, for Mass Cash, for other entities. We had a schedule. And then life got back in our way again. So we apologize, deeply apologize that we're not on schedule. The idea was at least a monthly podcast of some sort. But as Jason was trying to segue, and that's pretty bad that he forgets how we end this. Uh, thanks for tuning in to another Memory Jogger, and we invite you to come on down, spin the wheel, and circle gets the square on our next episode of Memory Jogger, the podcast. This has been a production of the Rediscover the 80s podcast. Visit rediscoverthe80s.com to find our show notes for this episode and others. Join us again next time for the Memory Jogger Podcast. Hey!